Welcome to the Dr. Diamond Podcast, where doctors learn from industry experts proven methods to grow their practices like the top 1%. And now your hosts, President of OfficeAutomated.com, Robert Barton, and the CEO of New Patient Group, founder of the Dr. Diamond Club, national keynote speaker, and featured in Dental Economics, Forbes, and CNBC, Brian Wright. Thank you for joining us on the Dr. Diamond Club podcast. This is episode number one. I'm here with Brian Wright. My name is Robert Barton, your host. And hi, Brian. How are you? Good, Robert. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks. So let's get right into it. Let's talk about what the Dr. Diamond Club podcast is all about. Why are we even here? What are we about? What are we trying to accomplish? Yeah, it's something I'm real excited about. I think this podcast is going to bring a lot of great things to a lot of great people. And, you know, the Diamond Club itself you know, it was a place for doctors to get away from the everyday routine and learn innovative strategies that, uh, you know, are proven to increase revenue, help you outperform competition a lot more as well. And they're, they're strategies from the finest CEOs and clinicians. And, you know, when I say CEOs, we're talking about CEOs in healthcare as well as out of healthcare, because a lot of the business principles apply regardless of the type of profession you, you're in. And then also great clinicians, the highest producing clinicians uh, like Regina Blevins, who sits on our advisory board, number one Invisalign teen provider in the world. And we're going to bring a lot of these great minds into one location that's accessible, you know, whether you listen to our podcast or you're actually a member of the Diamond Club, accessible via any internet accessible device. I'm very excited because it's just going to bring, like I said, these innovative strategies that are going to ensure you're ahead of your competition and your increase in revenue. Yeah, sounds fantastic. And, you know, I have personally seen you speak across the country. I've seen you kill it. I mean, just fantastic information as a healthcare provider myself. And you've been featured in dental economics. You have been uh, featured in Forbes and in a lot of different publications. Uh, Tell us about yourself and tell us how you came to be invited for all these speaking engagements. And you have a lot more in store in in 2018, which I know you're excited about as well. But uh, yeah, tell us about all that. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that because it's a passion. I love, you know, speaking about what it is we do and helping people. And, you know, my history, I kind of fell into healthcare by accident. Um, I was running an insurance company. I was in professional baseball. I was an umpire. And just all of a sudden, one day, I kind of fell into healthcare. And it was on the plastic surgery side of things. And I immediately started seeing, having been the CEO of previous companies outside of healthcare and also being hired by other people to run their organization, I immediately started seeing problems with the way most healthcare professionals run their business. And it is, and we're going to talk about it later in more depth, but they attempt to grow their business the opposite of what the most famous CEOs and entrepreneurs have proven works time and time again at the highest levels. And I just started pinpointing one issue after another, and it's not a criticism, but just in the end, the business components make up about 90, 95% of any healthcare practice. And I think a lot of people forget that because when you're in the mouth all day long, it feels like that's most of your practice, when in fact, it's not with, you know, there's hundreds of these commercial components that build up a practice. And I just saw one day after another on the plastic surgery side, uh, the exact same things I'm seeing in dentistry and orthodontics, having been in this profession now for many years, is that the business components 
are, are done backwards in most cases, and it really hurts the growth. Uh, doctors, even the most successful ones, leave millions on the table over, over the course of their career. And I see it through a CEO's perspective on how you run a business at the highest levels. I've been very fortunate enough to have very successful companies in the past, um, and I've all, always grown them in very unique ways, which is why I've been featured in some of those publications uh, and been in the, the Ask the Expert section in Dental Economics, as you stated. And I think us bringing these CEO ways of doing things, these high-level famous CEO way of doing things into the healthcare organizations, uh, such as dentist, dental and orthodontic practices, it's exciting because of how much it's helping them. And that's kind of just my history is just growing businesses from the inside out, which we'll talk more about, instead of the outside in. And unfortunately, a lot of healthcare practices attempt it from the outside in, and it's just the wrong way to grow. And it doesn't mean that you can't be successful, but what it guarantees is, is that you will always lose thousands, if not millions of dollars over the course of your career. So that, that's kind of how it's all come about. And I feel very fortunate uh, to be, you know, to have a voice that, that people listen to, and that that voice is helping people all over the world uh, in a multitude of ways. It means a lot to me. Uh, it sounds great. And I think that's a great segue into uh, one of the things I've heard you speak about a lot in terms of how the consumer, today's consumer, is changing and specifically how dental practices and orthodontic practices have to be ready for that because they're really in competition with the other businesses down the street, not necessarily with each other as much as they are in competition with Best Buy and, and where people choose to spend their money. So um, talk to us a little bit about that and how today's consumer is driving how the top 1% have to operate in order to position themselves against all the other ways that, that people can spend their money. Right. Those are, those are good points. And let, let's first start by identifying what we mean by today's consumer. It, it's, it's not just millennials. Obviously, millennials are included in today's consumer but it also is people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s because they are changing their buying habits, how they find things. Uh, consumers are more knowledgeable, more savvy than they ha ever have been before, uh, whether it be about uh, another consumer product outside of dentistry or orthodontics or just dentistry and orthodontics. They, they're more knowledgeable. Uh, the way they search for a practice now is very differently than or very different than how they used to. Uh, doctor referrals are a lot less because of the way today's consumer is. And basically, we talk about the fact that you know, you're not only competing against the doctor down the street, you're competing against every other business-to-consumer organization, which is exactly what, and I think the, the point is missed a lot of times in healthcare. But a dental and orthodontic practice is a, is a B2C business. They are a business-to-consumer operation, which means they have to be experts in consumers because not only are they competing again against the doctor down the street, they're also competing against the, like what you said, the best buys of the world, Ford, General Motors, Mercedes, the list goes on and on. And the, the competition, that, that competition in particular, they are consumer experts. They know how to drive engagement. They know how to get people to convert on their website. They know how to get them to convert when they walk through the door. And that's who dental, uh, dentistry and orthodontics is up against. And, you know, dental economics did a study a while back that only 50% 50, 50 of consumers even visit a dentist. So not only are they up against that, they're also up against 
the fact consumers do not value dentistry and orthodontics the way we believe they should. And there's a multitude of reasons behind that. And today's consumer, you know, let's face it, and this is not a criticism, healthcare professionals are not psychology experts. They don't study the consumer. They don't know what gets them to say yes at the highest level. And that's one of the things that we specialize in is the stuff, the biology of the brain, what motivates a consumer to say yes to you, to refer to you, to buy from you, and to just see more value in what you offer as an organization over your competition. And again, remember, a lot of times when we say competition, immediately a a doctor's office down the street pops in the brain of a healthcare professional. And while, of course, that's your competition, the real one is all the other places offering something to today's consumer that they can choose to spend their disposable income on. So it goes way beyond just the doctors. And so you're looking at a consumer that's savvy, uh, intelligent, and they buy in completely different ways, and they demand complete different things from healthcare practices today than they ever have before, which means, and that's what our Diamond Club members are and a lot of the people that listen to these podcasts They're very forward thinking because they realize that the commercial components of their operation, customer service, sales fundamentals, time management, uh, the list goes on and on, answering phones, presenting money, the, the, the new patient experience, all of that stuff has nothing to do with any clinical knowledge whatsoever. And they're realizing it and they're realizing that they cannot grow their practice, their organization the way they used to. It has to be done completely different, meaning that you have to be a commercial and consumer expert if you expect to thrive in a competitive marketplace with a consumer that's savvy and is going to keep changing. You always have to keep improving yourself so you stay ahead of the competition and ahead of where the consumer's taking it. Uh, I mean, let's face it. We as healthcare providers are at the mercy of the people who represent us in our practices. You know, the people who answer the phone, the people who greet the patient, the people who talk about the services that we're trying to provide to that patient, you know, that has to be spoken about a certain way to build value in those services. And we're at the mercy of those staff members. So what you're saying is uh, what you teach has a lot to do with, uh, you know, guiding these employees to bring the highest value to the, the face of the consumer. We are, in lack of a better term, obsessed with exactly what you just said. Uh, We're big believers in exactly what you just said from a, you're at the mercy of your staff. And you don't know from a doctor perspective when you're in the mouth or any type of doctor for that matter, what your staff is doing. And a lot of times we hear, oh, we don't, we don't lose patients. Our staff's great. And those, those practices that we hear that from, 99% of the time are the ones that are losing the most opportunities. And it's just, it's a scary thing because you're doing the doctor thing. And meanwhile, your team that you trust to do all these commercial components could not go give their resume to a commercial organization and get hired to do the, the, you know, the exact same thing, basically. So we are very big believers and very passionate about changing and transforming staff. And we have very good solutions, uh, you know, as a company to ensure that your staff becomes experts in all of these things and held accountable for doing them at the highest levels. So when you are back there being the doctor, you have the peace of mind that that you're not at the mercy of your your employees. Your employees are the ones that are helping you build your business instead of the other way around, which is the best 
situation you can be in from a CEO standpoint is that you train your people and then you let those people go and build your business. And in healthcare, too often times the doctor is left doing that alone. And it's just not the way to grow at the highest levels. And you mentioned the word opportunity. I think that is the key word that there are a lot of lost opportunities within practices of all types, especially dentistry and orthodontics. And the staff have to be taught how to capitalize on that opportunity. And that ultimately builds the practice from the inside out instead of from the outside in. Talk about the concept that doctors have backwards where they're trying to build their practice from the outside in as opposed to the other way around. The inside-out approach to growing any organization, whether it's dentistry and orthodontics like we're discussing or a restaurant or Apple, the inside-out approach is the single best way to grow an organization at record levels and make it recession-proof. However, only about 1% of businesses, this is healthcare and non-healthcare, actually grow it that way. And it's for a couple reasons, and I'm going to get into actually what it is here in, in just a second. One, even if that is how you want to grow, many people don't know how to do it even at that time. It's not like you can just walk in and say, okay, I want to grow my business from the inside out and then magically have it happen. There's a reason why the most famous, and I use Steve Jobs' name a lot just because everybody knows who he is. It's easy to get it. There's a reason why there's not many Steve Jobs out there. All right, Steve Jobs grew Apple from the inside out, and the inside out approach always works, always works. It's recession proof, but again, not many people do it, and even when you show doctors the numbers, they still will go out and think that they need to go do more marketing to grow their business. The outside in approach is the least effective way to grow any organization at all, but it's also the easiest way. So a lot of people would just rather go and spend a couple thousand on a postcard campaign. And if they get some new patients from it, they think it's all fine and good. Or some pay-per-click ads. And, oh, we're, we're getting new patients from it, so it must be paying off. And the, the difference between the two is it's astonishing. And I'm going to give a restaurant analogy to make it easy for everybody to get. And this is an, an inside-out strategy where you're going to use a restaurant uh, analogy in order to to illustrate this. Yes, and this is the reason why the vast majority, for those of people who don't know this out there, the vast majority of restaurants that open go out of business. And it is an extremely difficult profession to be in. And the ones that are the most famous, such as Tillman Fertitta, who just bought the Houston Rockets, his restaurants are famous for this, and it's the reason why he has tons of them, and he's able to scale, and they're all very good is that, first of all, culture eats strategy for breakfast. It does not matter what you're attempting to try to do in your organization. If you do not have the right culture in it, employees that are willing to go the extra mile without you paying them, employees that want to show up early, employees that want to help out each other, and I could list off, obviously, another 100 examples right now, the culture has to be right. And not many CEOs know how to set that culture. And we talk a lot about ways to you know, run your practice as a high-level business and a high-level CEO, and those ways help you, you know, satisfy the culture first. It always begins there, always begins there. The next one is, is that, going back to the restaurant analogy, 
your food before you do any marketing, before you do anything to outside, you know, to go attract the public. Your food has to be impeccable. You have to know that every single time someone enters your place of business, that the food is amazing, the place is spotless, your staff is dressed like experts, the protocols are known to where they're always going to be implemented, their verbiage skills are at the highest level. And that's the restaurant analogy there is that you've got to have a fantastic wait staff that knows how to talk about your stuff to where when that table leaves, they're going, the food was incredible. That waiter was so knowledgeable. They bought a higher priced bottle of wine because the waiter knew how to upsell them while making the client at the table feel like they were getting a great experience at the same time. So they don't feel like they're upsold leaving, oh, they're just a bunch of salesmen. So that's an example of the inside-out approach because at that time, that's when you go and spend for marketing if you need to because a lot of times word of mouth, if you run it that way, will do the marketing for you. But at that time – You're saying that the inside-out approach is the ability of the waiter in the restaurant example to upsell them without the person feeling like they've been upsold. That is correct. And it's – the definition – this is a really, really misunderstood term – Customer service is not your clientele, regardless of who your clientele is, a patient, a customer, whatever it may be. Customer service is not your them getting whatever it is they want. Customer service is you as a business getting whatever you want from your clientele while your clientele feels like they got whatever they wanted from you. And that is a very difficult thing to accomplish. Very difficult thing to accomplish and requires enormous staff training. And it's one more method of the inside out approach. You know, train on the phones before you do marketing to ensure your conversion is higher when you do marketing. That is an example of an inside out approach. Obviously, it goes way, way more in depth than that. Ensure that your treatment coordinator, which you should call the financial expert because it puts more value on it. Make sure they know how to present money and overcome objections to consumers before you go out and dump a bunch of money to drive in new patients because you're going to lose opportunities. So you reverse the way that your mind has to work because it's a slower way to grow. There's no doubt about it. But if you attempt to do it that way, you always will grow more and make money, more money over the course of your career. And it always amazes us, Robert, that we actually will have people go – Nah, I don't want to do it that way. Or, nah, we don't agree. And that's fine. Obviously, they have a right to their own opinion. Even when you show them statistic after statistic that proves that the inside-out approach far supersedes the outside-in approach. So I think it goes back to the forward thinking. There, there's, a, there's a reason why only 1% to 2% of CEOs and entrepreneurs attempt to grow their business this way. It, it, and even though it works at such high levels, the facts are it's still the minority that attempts to grow their business this way. So that's what we're all about is teaching that inside-out approach. And that does include marketing. A lot of times people go, well, the inside-out approach, you still have to do advertising. And yeah, I mean, the answer is, is absolutely you do and you should. Uh, that just comes at a different time because everything's marketing. You training your staff on the new patient experience, that's marketing. It's internal marketing. It's it's an inside-out approach. And, and it makes a lot of sense to make sure that your outward-facing staff interactions are shored up and they're firing on all cylinders before you go out and spend money on marketing, which hopefully will get the phone to ring. But then if you lose that patient at the phones because they're a shopper and they don't know how to deal 
the staff doesn't know how to deal with shoppers in particular, uh, you're, you're basically wasting, you know, even more money. And you're absolutely right. And it happens to every practice. And I mean, the mystery calls that we do all over the country, uh, you know, you and I've talked about this before. I've literally in many years doing this, I've never heard one receptionist answer the telephone and be able to articulate more value and get the consumer excited about coming in on what they offer as a business over any other business that that person has called previously or may call after. And it's a real, real problem. And again, it goes back to the doctors that think their phones are fine. Those are always the ones where the phones are the worst. And well, we'll, we'll do an episode where we, we dissect uh, a number of these mystery calls as well. And I think that's going to be very enlightening to the listeners to hear what's actually being said on their phones. And uh, I, I just think that'll be a favorite episode. Yeah, yeah, we can do some analysis on that. And I, I look forward to that one. Good deal. A lot of good stuff here. I mean, I know, I know you can talk for hours upon hours without stopping. I've seen you do it uh, in person. And, you know, we, we, we really want to just set the tone of the podcast here with this episode and kind of let people know, you know, what you're about, what the Dr. Diamond Club is about, and how we're going to be able to deliver value to the listener, which is probably a healthcare uh, provider, or a dentist, or an orthodontist. And, and how they can use this information to, to really put some things into practice, into their practice, and, and potentially even grow their practice. And that's not even, that's, that's even without plugging into the Dr. Diamond Club itself and all the different things that we, all the solutions that are there that can really help them if they uh, so choose. Yeah, I mean, I think the, I very much believe the value that just this podcast alone, uh, you know, will bring people will will help their their personal life, which is another thing we focus on in the Doctor Diamond Club with a lot of self improvement videos and CEO business trainings and just also personal life coaching as well. I think that you know, obviously, if utilized and implemented, will help grow practices tremendously just by listening to this podcast on a on a regular basis. And again, that's our goal is to help as many people that want to be helped. Uh, as we possibly can, it means the world to us. I agree. That is the goal. You know, whether they're our, they're our customer or not, we want to help as many people who want to be helped. And all right, Brian, with that, you know, we have a lot of upcoming great episodes. In particular, we have Regina Blevins, the number one teen Invisalign provider in the world. So t- tell us about her in, in this next episode or the, some of the upcoming episodes. What's going to happen? Yeah, it has been a real pleasure to get to know Dr. Blevins. She's been a client of ours now for quite a while with uh, the company. I'm CEO of New Patient Group, and she's also a Diamond Club member. And she's had enormous success with us, and I wanted to take the relationship to the next level. So I'm very excited that she is now the lead clinical advisor of the Diamond Club. And she's the owner of Minnesota Orthodontics and a very successful doctor and speaks for Align Technology all over the world. And a great person, a great clinician, and we're going to be interviewing her, asking her a lot of questions. You know, she's starting to host uh, the doctor roundtable that we have once a quarter where she brings great clinical trainings and strategies and innovation to the table for a live event every quarter. Our doctors love it. And I'm really excited for the public to get to know more about her, uh, the value she brings. She's a great speaker and just a really great person. And I, I think that interview, or I know that interview is going to be fantastic. Looking forward to it. Well, that sounds fantastic. I look forward to that myself. 
So with that, I want to thank the listeners for being on this episode today. And I want to thank you, Brian, for this uh, fantastic information. We look forward to uh, some, some, some future episodes.